Welcome to the Lose Your Cravings podcast, taking a different approach to reducing your cravings once and for all with your host, Kisa Amaro, Certified Integrative Health Coach. Well, welcome back, my friends. I'm Kisa Amaro, and I help ambitious women manage their cravings and emotional eating without deprivation or complicated meal plans so that they can show up fully in their life and their career. And hey, if you are not a member of my Lose Your Cravings Patreon community, then what are you waiting for? This is your opportunity to learn more about your cravings and how to reduce them so you can feel in control around the foods you love. As a member of my Lose Your Cravings Patreon community, you get exclusive access to behind the scenes content, private workshops, and free digital downloads, all to help you dive deeper into your cravings, emotional eating, so that you can leave them behind. Wouldn't that be nice, my friends? When you're ready to join my Lose Your Cravings Patreon community and support the podcast, then just simply head on over to patreon.com slash lose your cravings. No spaces. I hope to see you there. Join the group. Join the fun. Okay, my friends, on to our topic for this episode. Today, we are asking the question, can being healthy increase your cravings? Health is all around us, right? It's all around us out there. And I put health in quotation marks, right? It's on social media. You see it in quote, healthy recipes, quote, healthy snacks, healthy habits. You see it in stores when foods are labeled healthy or the items on a menu at restaurants are healthy. Health is all around around us, but what does it actually mean? And does the portrayal of health and the pursuit of health create cravings for us? So let's dive in, my friends. So what is the definition of health or healthy? So I looked online and the dictionary definition, there's a few. Um, One is of a part of the body not diseased. Okay. Another one is indicative of conducive to or promoting good health. Um, Another one, a state of well-being, vitality, and optimal functioning. Sounds wonderful, right? And then the World Health Organization uh, defines health as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. Okay, so there are a few different definitions of what being healthy means. It could mean that you are not diseased, which is always wonderful, or it could mean having complete physical, mental, and social well-being. To me, that seems like a wide range, like a lot of things could fit in there. So I want to start off with what health is not. And this list is going to be a list of preconceived notions we have of healthy. And most of these uh, preconceptions we get from social media, media, and diet culture. So what healthy is not? It's not being perfect with your diet, being perfect with your exercise, always getting eight plus hours of sleep, having a morning routine, eating greens five times a day, plant-based, paleo, keto, vegetarian, carnivore, 
having a mindfulness practice, hitting 10K steps every day, drinking 100 ounces of water every day, always being positive or having a positive attitude, eating superfoods, taking multiple supplements every day, drinking apple cider vinegar every day, feeling like your life is in complete control and always having balance in your life, okay? Now, you are probably saying, but Kisa, aren't these things healthy, right? Shouldn't we be striving for these things? And it's a great question, right? Um, And it's great to question these things because I was there too. I was striving to eat a perfect diet of whole foods, no added sugars because sugar is evil and bad. I was striving to exercise every day, sometimes multiple times a day, because exercise is healthy, right? The more the better, right? I was striving to incorporate greens all day long, working on my mental health and striving to have a morning routine where I woke up before everyone, journaled, meditated, and had my alone time. But guess what? I found this striving to be perfect, this striving to do all the things, and the striving to achieve health was just the same as me striving to eat 1,200 calories a day or striving to fit into a certain clothing size. It was basically diet culture in disguise. I still found myself with massive cravings because I was restricting specific foods, specifically because they were bad or unhealthy. I was striving for perfection. And as humans, we are not perfect. So when my perfection failed, I failed. I was hard on myself because I couldn't keep up with the influencers that are out there doing all the perfect things. I thought something was wrong with me because I would crave ice cream and cookies and I was supposed to be healthy. I was supposed to be doing the health things and I just couldn't do it. Not 100% of the time. I was still stuck in the restrict binge cycle. Not what I wanted out of striving for health, believe me. So in this episode, we are going to deconstruct what healthy means to see if it is actually perpetuating our cravings and creating our cravings or intensifying our cravings. So the health movement emerged out of diet culture, and it seemed to be the rebellion of diet culture. You didn't need to count calories or macros, but just focus on eating whole foods and getting rid of sugar and processed foods right? Sounds great. The health movement encouraged us to eat whole, clean foods, to eat more veggies and less processed foods. It sounds so innocent and so wonderful. It introduced, quote, superfoods, which in my mind is just food, right? Like before I was like, oh, superfoods, yes, right? Because this term super means that when you eat it, you get some special power, right? Which now, like I look at superfoods, I'm like, it's just food. You know, like you don't get any special power from this. They are just foods with a certain type of nutrients, right? That when you consume, you receive those nutrients. Now the health movement encouraged us to eat more salads and healthy fats and proteins. Like we could finally eat fat. Hallelujah. 
It encouraged us to practice mindfulness and to incorporate self-care and reduce our stress. It encouraged us to drink more water throughout the day. And let's not forget about doctors telling patients to lose weight so they can be healthy. And this all seems great, right? I mean, I know I followed the health, health movement out of diet culture, or so I thought I was getting away from diet culture. But something happened with the term healthy and within the health movement. And that is that companies used it to think we were out of the diet culture, right? It was like they, they branded their things as healthy, healthy lifestyle, healthy eating, clean, okay? But it was just a disguise. Now we see perfect smoothie bowls with superfoods that will help you live longer and give you more energy with tall, skinny women holding them, indirectly telling us that if we eat whole, clean, unprocessed foods, that we will lose weight. If we are quote unquote healthy, we will look like these women. Let me, let me let you in on a little secret. If you are being sold anything with a promise of weight loss, it's part of diet culture. Okay. I love the, and I, I don't mean to bash on anyone. The, these have just been coming up in my Instagram feed and it's just on the top of my mind. But I love the Bali influencers who are preaching plant-based whole foods and you'll lose weight with it and have so much energy. But the influencer, like the, the young, skinny, no body fat influencer never talks about her biology and genetics and that she's naturally skinny and she's also 22 and <laughs> never had a kid, right? <laughs> Hasn't been through anything. Um, and, and don't forget that what you see on Instagram or YouTube is not real life, my friends. These are just short snippets of pictures or videos that are very carefully curated and edited together to look amazing, to entice you to follow them, be like, oh, I want to be like them. I want that life. Okay. Now, I love, I love looking at beautiful videos and, and all those things, but just keep that in mind, my friends. Okay. And while doing research for this episode, I was um, perusing Instagram, looking up like health and healthy recipes. And what I saw were a lot of like six pack app guys and ladies making recipes and like these, these recipes and meals and like eat this, you know, and it, it's just, it's sending this message of just eat like this and you can have my body, right? That's what the post is telling you. Now, going back a few decades, <laughs> if you're like me, um, I compare it to the, the woman on the eight-minute ab video, right, with the six-pack. I don't know if you all remember the eight-minute abs. Maybe it started, I think it was like 10-minute abs, and then it moved to eight-minute abs or moved to six-minute abs. I don't remember. Um, but it was like, you believe that you will get a six-pack like her if you do eight-minute abs five times a week. But guess what? She doesn't share the rest of her workout routine with you. 
She doesn't share what she eats with you. And she doesn't share her genetics or biology with you either. Like, who knows? Maybe she just has a natural six pack. I know people who just have no fat on their stomach and they're not doing anything special. <laughs> okay. And I know people who work out a ton. They have a very like, you could say clean or healthy diet, you know, and they still have fat on their stomach. It's genetics, my friends. There's like a lot, so many factors that go into our body size. Um, so I will tell you, no matter how many crunches I do, I'm not going to get a six pack. It's just the way I was built and that's okay. So let's take a look at similarities between diet culture and the health movement. Now, I will say that this comparison is like a Venn diagram. So if you remember back to school, there are the two circles and like they overlapped a little bit. And so you were comparing and contrasting two things. And the things that were similar were like the, where the circles overlapped. And um, there are some great things about striving for health, right? I'm not bashing the whole health movement and saying like, don't be healthy. Like that's not what I'm saying here. Okay. Um, I will get to a little bit, a little bit more on that later, but right now I want to share with you how these two overlap. Okay. So let's talk about the perfectionism in being healthy or the all or nothing in being healthy. Okay, so you look at Instagram accounts of healthy food, like you can search healthy food, and their food is perfectly plated with whole organic foods, like this is all they eat. Or like I mentioned before, the six-pack influencer making the perfect meal, um, eat perfect meal and get perfect body is the message you receive. So we strive to be perfect. We detox our pantry and get rid of all processed food and food with added sugar. We buy whole unprocessed foods thinking that we will only eat these foods and we will be healthy, aka lose weight and get the body we want, right? That's why we're trying to be healthy. That's why we're eating these foods. But let's be real here, my friends. Eating like that is exhausting and let's be honest, a little boring at times. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know about you, but some ice cream here and there makes life a little more enjoyable, you know. So the health movement can encourage perfectionism. And when you fail to meet the perfectionism, which you will at some point, you feel guilty and bad. And once again, like you have failed with so many other diets, that also encourage perfectionism, okay? So the, the health movement, like striving for health and diet culture, one thing they have in, then in common is that perfectionism, that striving to be perfect. You could also say it or describe it as like the all or nothing, like we have to go all in, right? And then when we failed, we screwed up. Like when we eat one meal or one piece of food off, we failed, we've screwed up, we're done, we lost. Okay, so eating healthy also encourages the restriction of certain food. It demonizes processed food or sugary food, creating this idea of good food and bad food 
or sometimes it's disguised as healthy food and unhealthy food. Eat the healthy foods, but stay away from the unhealthy foods. They are bad for you and they will cause X, Y, or Z. So you should never eat them. Okay, this is diet culture, my friends. But since it's in the name of health, that makes it okay. Let me let you in on another little secret. Eating a cookie that has both processed wheat and added sugar will not make you unhealthy or give you leaky gut. There is no reason you have to completely 100% eliminate all processed sugar and flour out of your diet for the rest of your life. The only exception would be if you have a food allergy, then yes, of course, this is important to not eat the foods, but otherwise restricting them will only make you crave them, my friends. And labeling them as bad or unhealthy foods will only make you crave them even more. Right? I've talked about good foods, bad foods, and how when we label foods as bad, we think we shouldn't eat them, we restrict them, and then we want them because they're restricted, they're taboo, they're off limits, and we want those things. We're curious about them. We're like, ooh, why is this off limits? Oh, because it tastes amazing, right? Food is food, right? It's neutral until you put your own thoughts around them. When I put the thought, ice cream is bad, I was demonizing ice cream and making it a bad food. Ice cream is not a bad food. Ice cream is just ice cream, molecules put together, right? So how can being healthy increase your cravings? When you are striving to be healthy, you are striving for perfection. Not only in the food you eat, but your exercise, your mental well-being, your sleep, right? I know we're focusing mainly on food nutrition, but this is in all aspects of your life. Because one thing about healthy that is somewhat good and bad in its own ways is that it is more holistic, right? We're talking about mental health now. We're talking about sleep. We're talking about hydration, which are all important things, right? These are all things that we should be mindful about. I 100% agree. But when we're trying to be perfect with these things, that's where it backfires, okay? There is no such thing as being perfect. And being perfect is not human nature, <laughs> nobody's perfect and that's just part of life so when we strive for perfection we are at some point going to break that perfection streak right and when that happens we are going to feel like we have failed or done something wrong or gave into our cravings we did something bad there is going to be negative self-talk and other self-destructive behaviors that follow Okay. We judge ourselves for not being perfect, for not following the, I say, quote, diet, because that's what it is. I put diet in quotes, right? Because you are starting to see that health is just another diet with rules and regulations. 
Things you should eat and things you shouldn't eat. Things you should do and things you shouldn't do. Not what we want, my friends. There's also restriction in the striving for health. And when we restrict and demonize food, we want them even more. We start to crave them. Increased cravings, my friends. It happened to me. So our cravings grow more intense and we eventually give in to them and then we overeat. We feel guilty and then the negative self-talk ensues. Now, I don't want to bash the whole healthy lifestyle industry movement, right? But when it includes perfectionism, food restriction, food villainization, and weight loss, then it is just diet culture in disguise you say i'm being healthy it's for my health right that's what you're thinking and i'm not saying that we need to forget about our health and just throw caution to the wind and do and eat whatever we want but what i am saying is to question something that's healthy question healthy resources question healthy marketing labels on food that say it's healthy just fyi that term healthy has no clout in the nutrition department. Anybody can put the word healthy on their label. Oreos could put healthy on their label. Okay, so does going all in on being healthy really serve us? Right? When we, when we fall into that, I'm going to be perfect at being healthy. I'm going to do all the things. And I'm going to reach my ideal body size, my ideal weight, okay? Do, also another great question to ask is, do I need to be healthy 100% of the time? And I'd say no to both of those questions. So what is the solution? I want you to start by creating your own definition of what healthy means to you and let go of any diet culture mindset while making this definition, AKA the all or nothing mindset, perfectionism, restriction, good food, bad food, healthy food, unhealthy food, okay? And here are some questions to ponder and use in your, when you're creating your definition of health. What does eating healthy look like to you? What does healthy sleep hygiene look like to you? What does healthy exercise look like to you? What does mental health look like to you? What does self-care look like to you? You are in charge of your own body and you get to define what healthy is to you. So I'm gonna share what I have kind of brainstormed through this, like writing of this episode and really kind of defining, well, what is healthy to me? Like I know, but like, let me write it down. And I wanna share that with you. Okay. So healthy is listening to my body and eating what will feel good in my body, what tastes good and gives me energy. Sometimes that's a big salad with a ton of veggies and some chicken. And sometimes it's a steak with broccoli and mashed potatoes. And sometimes it's a bowl of ice cream. These are all 
healthy to me. Healthy is having a consistent bedtime and waking up um, around the same time with give on the weekends and holidays. It's listening to my body to, to determine how much sleep I need and me taking responsibility to get to sleep at night, right? My mom is not here to tell me to go to bed. And I am assuming your mom is not with you to tell you to go to bed. So I need, so back to me, I need to take responsibility and get myself to bed at a time that will allow me to get the amount of sleep I need. I need to be an adult about this, okay? Healthy is moving in a way that I enjoy and that is beneficial to my body. It includes challenging my body at times, and it includes an intense strength workout or a hike, and sometimes it includes a mobility class or a walk outside in nature. And sometimes it includes surfing. These are all healthy forms of exercise and movement because they make me happy. I enjoy them and I feel good after I finish them. Healthy means taking care of my mental health in ways that serve me. Maybe it's talking with a friend, hanging out with my daughter, journaling, going for a walk on the beach, stretching, reading a book, listening to a podcast, sitting in silence. It's giving myself breaks throughout the day to take a deep breath or chill out for a minute. These things serve me and help me find mental stability and relieve stress and overwhelm. They bring joy to my life. Now, am I perfect at it? No, and that's okay. That's also part of being healthy. Okay, healthy means scheduling time in my calendar for self-care scheduling it in and honoring that time I have set aside for myself. It could be to go surf. It could be to walk on the beach. It could be to attend a live yoga class. Or it could be to attend a workshop. No matter what the activity or event, it's when I put it on my schedule and make it a priority versus letting other things take priority. Healthy also means drinking water throughout the day. I don't have a specific number of ounces I need to get to, but I drink water when I'm thirsty and I listen to my body. Does my body need water? Then drink water. Okay? I want you to create your own definition of what healthy is for you. Letting go of the diet culture side of healthy. The all-or-nothing mindset, the perfectionism, the villainization of food, okay? The restriction of certain foods. Create your own definition of what healthy is for you, my friends. And see how that shifts the way you look at food and the things you crave. And your cravings, how your cravings come forward. Okay, my friends, this is all I have for you today. Um, I greatly appreciate you joining me on this episode. I had a wonderful time sharing with you about how being healthy or striving for this perfectionism of health 
can lead to your cravings or increasing your cravings. So join me for my next episode where I dive into how to create self-trust around food to help you reduce your cravings. It's going to be a good one. Okay, my friends, until next time, have a wonderful week. Bye, y'all.